0: everybody, and welcome to episode 106 of the Rischie's Radio Podcast, your home for the horological hot takes, taboo topics, and often unpopular watch opinions. Uh, it's your boy, bro. I'm a little bit solo tonight. Smithers is indisposed. Now, he's just kind of busy with the uh, holiday stuff and running around, and it's been a little touch and go. We actually recorded an episode last week, but during the episode, um, the guest's was talking about a product drop that's coming up, and so they asked us to push it back a couple weeks so it would coincide with the drop of the product. So we obliged, being the good guys we are. So that's why we didn't have a, a drop last week. We we did record one, so we're probably gonna end up having a double coming up soon at some point, which I guess is fine. Um, you know, also I think just a lot of people are really busy this time of year and they're probably not tuning into podcasts. But we had a couple people message us and ask us what's going on, just saying what's up. So we appreciate you all. Um, Hope everybody's having a good and safe holiday. Uh, I do have a guest with me tonight, who is going to provide a bit of a cautionary tale, one that I think is very worth telling and hearing. And I think everyone should, uh, really dig into this because we've all sold watches online. I like to think if you're if you're if you're deep enough into this hobby to be listening to this podcast, I think you probably sold a watch online. So this one is going to be very valuable. Um, it's a story that I came across that's been posted to Reddit. Um, I happen to know our guest. We're going to uh, change the names of the uh, victims, I guess, as they say on, on things like Law & Order to pre- protect the innocent and and all that good stuff. But um, if you want to go check out the post, uh, the username is 4K1, and essentially, this is a, a story about... This gentleman selling this watch, and it just kind of snowballs from there. So I guess we'll take it from there. Um, this the the selling platform was Chrono Twenty Four, correct? Yes, it was. And what made you want to go with Chrono Twenty Four? Was it just the reputation? Was it the the security? I'm going to use air quotes the security of the escrow situation, or what?
1: Uh, it was a bit of both those things. I mean, when you think of Chrono Twenty Four, uh, you. When you think about selling a watch, especially a higher-end watch, I think the first name that pops into most people's mind is Chrono 24 because of the reputation, the amount of transactions on there, uh, because of their uh, air quotes. You can't see me, but the air quotes, the um, secure escrow platform. Right, right. Uh, They build a whole aura of security, and you just sort of think, oh, so many people use this platform. Uh, It has to be legit. Uh, It has to be secure. So that's sort of – and I had transacted on there prior – uh so that's sort of why i figured okay like it wouldn't hurt to do it again
0: yeah and i think i think people get sort of a comfort with things like if you're selling on ebay or you sell on the forums if, if you've got your whatever it is your feedback your reputation that's sort of a almost like a, an incentive for you to keep using it because people know that they can trust you and you'll be able to move your stuff faster and that way hopefully you know that's supposed to be sort of a peace of mind for everybody involved right okay we all have feedback we've all used this before we're all here for the right reasons right so understandably you went to chrono 24 and you were unloading uh let's just say it's not a cheap watch (laughs) yeah it was not um it was a
1: vintage ap royal oak uh reference 14790 sa which at the time was trading in the low uh, 20,000s, high teens, low 20,000s. And it was a, it was a big, big watch for me. I mean, I, I collect from all price brackets, but I think I, I speak for most people that it's a lot of money. Uh, to To deal with and to put your trust in a platform and to, you know, sell to a stranger, it's a, it's a lot of money, which is, you know, as you guys will hear later on, uh, that's why it was such a stressful situation. I mean, it would suck regardless of whether it's a $200 watch or a $300 watch, yeah. it would still suck. But this was a case where it was a huge portion of money that was really important to me that I really, really needed. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's why I sort of wanted to share the story and, uh, just, um, thank you for having me on here about that. I think people got to know about this.
0: Yeah. I I think it's going to be a valuable experience for a lot of people. And, um, and you, you were recently on actually a, a, a podcast that covered this from the the more criminal and cybercrime aspect, right?
1: Yes, I was. I was reached out also by uh, another person on Reddit, uh, his name for people who want to check it out, who are interested in that side of it. Uh, the podcast is called Criminal Thoughts with Brett Johnson, and uh, that's more, I, I figured I I I like being able to talk here because this is the watch guy side of it or watch girl side of it. That was more like breaking down, like what sort of scam it was, and I'm ha- I'll be able to talk about that in in this podcast too because I learned a lot uh, just recording that podcast. I didn't know anything about the way scams work, about the way that uh, you know people attempt to defraud other people. I had no idea, uh, so you know I learned a lot of valuable knowledge that I think I could further share with uh, with the rest of you all.
0: Yeah, I think that's really cool. And you you said he, uh, the host of that is a a a reformed uh, bad guy, right? <laughs> Somebody who's <laughs> yes. turned and now he's sort of uh, ratting out the the other bad guys. So yes, yes, yes. Always, um, It's always a fun angle because you know you know at least you know it's authentic and you know what they're talking about. You know they you know that they're on top of their game because they, they right so.
1: Exactly. That's exactly what he says. He's like, I'm I'm doing this podcast because uh, this was me once upon a time. You know, I I'm now reformed. He 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 did the typical movie arc. You know, where <laughs> you reform and now you're a consultant making a bunch of money, teaching people how to how to like detect this and fight against it. So he's 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 fighting for the right team now. Uh, so I was really interested to hear and discuss. Uh, that side of it but now you know we're watch people at the end of the day so it's it's fun to discuss now the other side of other side of the story yeah i think there's
0: a little bit of added sweat for the watch folks out there because i think like i said if you've ever sold a watch or even sent one like i've had people who have sent me something to just try on for a little bit and hang on to and and check out or even like a friend be like oh you want to see this like i'll send it to you and yeah you insure it and all but Mm -hmm. you know it's sometimes you're still sweating it out when you're like, oh, did you get it? It's, you know, tracking says delivered and you're like, oh, I got a check. And you're like, "Uh, okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, so I, I think we've all sort of been there in some capacity. So I, I think it, there's a little added layer of, of nervousness and anxiety for the for the watch people on this one. So um I guess, mm-hmm. well, unless let's also just preface this with in, in full watch person degen mode. You said you needed the funds. This was funds to fund another watch purchase which is great i love that part that, that makes this so much better oh um, well, yeah, yeah. It, it
1: was it was that i also had other bills to pay too but yeah, of, I, it, course, it, of course but I, I didn't say this on the other podcast but i'll tell you guys because y'all will get it y'all are degenerates like like us here yes, yes but um i had i knew i had the opportunity to buy my grail watch Um, i knew it was coming sometime this year uh, which was one of the reasons why I sold that AP, uh, you know, to sort of fund that watch. And in the midst of all of this happening, I got a call from the AD for that Grail watch. Uh, and you, for people who've purchased from an AD, you'll know like they're like, you have two days to pay for this, uh, or we're gonna call the other 50 people on the list. Yeah, no, doubt. uh, and I knew it was the kind of watch that if I had said no to, I wouldn't see it again for another five, 10 years, maybe. Uh, so I just, um, you know, like I, I, again, because I thought that this platform was secure, I was like, I'm going to get paid eventually anyway, you know? So, uh, in my mind, it was just a sort of matter of, uh, you know, the money's going to come. I'll, you know, th- I'll pour the glass out and I'll pour the glass back when I, when I get the, the rest of the money. Right. Uh, but it, you know, as you guys will find out, it went into a sort of roller coaster of me not being sure, uh, what was going to happen.
0: So all yeah, right. I guess let's uh, let's take it from the top then. Um, I guess start from the uh, I guess the the sales experience, and we'll just work our way back.
1: Yeah. All right. So, um, I've sold prior on on Chrono Twenty Four. Uh, so around February, I listed this watch. For people familiar with the reference, um, they do, they do, they are pretty valuable. They've they've come up in value a lot, as I said, like high teens, low mid twenties. But those who know this reference will know they move slow. Like, it's a two-tone AP. You need to love a two-tone AP to love yep. a two-tone AP. You know, it's not a Daytona. It's not an all-steel AP or something like that. It's it's something that you need to find the right buyer for. And I was aware of this. I also, uh, the watch was missing links. Uh, I have small little baby wrists. So, uh, you know, the watch was missing links. Uh, long story as to how that happened that I'm not going to go into. But um, I listed the watch in February of 2023 uh so just about a year ago uh, and i i knew it was going to take a while to sell uh to sell i i was thinking preemptively i was told my grail watch would arrive uh december to february of 24 um so i was like let me just get this out of the way and then when it comes i'll be ready to to, to pounce on it uh so i list the watch in february uh and uh it, it's not moving as, as expected. You know, I listed at a higher price a month goes by, I drop it a little bit. I get a couple offers here and there, but you know how it goes. People will lowball you hard. So I was turning away a lot of offers. Um, and I, again, not, not much traction until June, uh, June of 23. So this has now been what, three, uh, four months yeah. end of June. So yeah, a bit over four months, uh, I get an offer for the watch and we negotiate back and forth and we agree on a price. Uh, and the way it works is you can purchase the watch, but then uh, you don't pay yet. Like you can ask questions before you pay for it. So the guy purchased it and then prior to him paying, he asked me a bunch of questions. And I want to be clear that I was very, very straightforward about the bracelet link situation in the, in the listing. You know, I, I, said that the bracelet is short I can steer you to find new links. I'm not going to provide them. I mean, links are $500 a piece on that reference. So I said, I can show you where to get them, um, you know, and I can help you. Like if, if it's not available, I know some people, I can help you find someone who can give them, uh, but I'm not going to provide the links. So the guy asked me a bunch of questions. He was like, Hey, uh, how big is the bracelet that, that sort of thing? You know, I don't remember the exact ones, but just where do I get more links? Um, you know, how like how many links are on the bracelet? I counted, I told him everything to his satisfaction. To which point, he said, Great, and he paid the balance in full, uh, into the secure escrow account. Uh, for those who don't know, Chrono 24 for a private sale uh, utilizes secure escrow similar to buying a house. Uh, the way that works is one person, the buyer deposits the money into the account, uh, which then triggers a notification to the seller to ship the watch uh the watch arrives with the buyer and then he has he or she has a week uh to sort of decide whether they want to like like if there's anything wrong with the watch uh private sellers are not obligated to take returns on corona 24. okay dealers That's occasionally important. uh are allowed to have a return policy but private sellers are, uh, you can, and I stated, and it said it on the listing too, no returns accepted, sales are final. Again, like I, I knew if I sold this watch, I wasn't going to wait another three or four months to sell it again. No. So I was very adamant about that. Um, and, you know, all the terms were accepted. The guy paid all the money in full. I overnighted the watch. Uh, it arrived safe and sound with him. I see it's signed for. The package was for sure arrived. And, um, and the seller sorry the buyer again has a few days to you know assess the watch in case i would have sent him a fake watch or something like they 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 have a few days to determine whether everything's okay yeah you get it so, checked
0: out bring it to a watchmaker if you really want to
1: exactly right um so a day goes by i don't hear anything 2 days go by i don't hear anything 3 days go by um usually the buyer has to uh, release it and say everything's okay if they don't Automatically in seven days the funds get deposited back into, into my account. So uh I didn't hear anything from the buyer until Monday morning, like first thing Monday morning, I get an email from Chrono 24 saying uh the buyer has raised a dispute. And in my mind, I'm like, oh, like what could it possibly yeah, be? Yeah, what on earth? Yeah, because I we talked in the chat like about the bracelet, you know, uh so my first red flag was his dispute message. He wrote, um, I have it written down somewhere. I have a screenshot of it, but he said something along the lines of, hey, uh the item uh is not satisfactory, uh, please give me the steps to return it. Something like that. I'm not happy with the item or the item is not uh I posted the exact thing in the Reddit post, but I I I this struck me as weird because bro, you know this. Like if you're gonna pay uh, a lot of money for a watch. You're going to know exactly what's wrong with it when you file a dispute, like oh, there's a hairline scratch in the bezel, or oh, the crystal is cracked or something. You know, you don't refer
0: to it as the item, and yeah, that's uh that's like when I get a lot of I get a lot of spam DMs in my like request box, and they're usually people trying to sell followers or something. But they're like, yep. hey, really love your page, uh, yeah, thumbs up on your product, and I'm like, I don't have a product. <laughs> yep. or something like that like we we like we love you like a generic term that doesn't apply to me and i'm like all right i already know what this is this is fugazi. Yeah. i can just delete this but it's a similar idea that you're like okay the item like this almost yep. sounds like a spam message
1: it does and again i'm not going to reveal my identity but people who've listened to your podcast before might recognize my voice i have a watch <laughs> business as well uh and i get those messages all the time hey I love your page. Can I have a free product? Can I have a this and that? So, the, I after that—that's sort of what like uh, 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 first made me a bit suspicious because I've read messages like that yeah. a thousand times. Hey, there's something wrong with the item. And if you spend twenty thousand dollars on an AP Royal Oak, you're not going to refer to it as the item. There's something wrong with the item. You're going to tell me exactly what's wrong with it. So I hit him back because, of course, Corona 24, that's also another first red flag. Corona 24 was like, oh, just deal with them and come to a resolution with them. And at first I'm like, okay, so it's my job to uh, discuss weird. with the buyer. You're okay, whatever, I'll, I'll give it a shot. So I, I messaged the guy on the platform and I said, hey, uh, what's wrong with the watch? And he hits me back again saying it does not look as pictured and also the bracelet is too short and i was like okay i got you now because i went into our chat i screenshotted everything uh that he you know him confirming the size of the bracelet i told him how many links it has what size wrist is fitted for everything um you know he was well aware of the bracelet and he never pointed out anything again you could say a watch is not as pictured what are you referring to i mean right like that's that's
0: also sketchy
1: uh, yeah like you know um I I could say that something doesn't look like I saw it on TV. you know that's that means nothing you know you could just say so I I hit I I filed a sort of counter dispute. I spoke to my mediator Corona 24 assigns you a mediator every time uh something like this happens. So I spoke to her I spoke to her on the phone and I explained to her that I was like, look, uh, I don't even need to say say anything. you have access to all the chat logs. Um, your policy is that I don't have to return the watch so I'm not going to return the watch right uh, yeah that makes sense. You know, I don't want to go through the trouble. You, I told them you could see like it sat here on this marketplace for months before selling it. I'm not going through that again. So they said, yeah, we'll discuss with the buyer. And then they called me back and they were like, yeah, you're in the right. Uh, we've we've made our decision that we're going to favor you. And um, I was like, great. This is awesome. Uh, thank you. They're like, yeah, your funds are going to be held at escrow one, for another 14 days. And I was like, oh, lovely. But at least... I, I asked her, I said, so now it's done, right? I'm going to get paid. Uh, she said, yeah, yeah, he has 14 days to release it. Uh, she did warn me. She said, sometimes the buyers are petty and they just won't and make you wait the 14 days. But she was like, you're getting paid one way or another. Even if he doesn't release it, it'll auto auto deposit in 14 days. Right. So, so I was a bit is, frustrated. This Sorry. is the
0: way the platform is is supposed to work, right? In everybody's mind yeah. is that there's there mediation, there's dispute resolution. You have this layer of security that you can sell something of value and have this peace of mind, right? So this is the way it's intended to work, but it gets a little thicker than that, doesn't it?
1: Right. It does. And, you know, she assured me, she's like, okay, I, I still remember the date was July 11th. If I, if I'm right on that, she was like, July 11th, you're going to get a wire in your account, like one way or another, um, all good. And I said okay, Um, and she said yeah. We spoke to the guy. We told him that uh, you know he you know he's not in his rights to do a return. Um, He said okay. uh, So just expect either the release or if not eleventh of July, you're gonna get paid out. I was like great, uh, but you know I've I've been around this block. I've been in this world long enough to know that you know okay, I'm gonna count my eggs like you know once they hatch. (laughs) Not not. Not before. So right. in my mind, I was still, she, she gave me all the peace of mind, told me everything's good, but I didn't think I, I, I was a little bit like, I was like, I'll celebrate once I see the deposit. Uh, and that was the right move because about three days later, I get another email from Corona 24 saying that the buyer has filed a credit card charge back. Uh, imagine my surprise. What, what is the point of an escrow? If you could just take the money back about after you put it into escrow, Turns out the guy did deposit the money in escrow, but he used his Amex to do it. Uh, Um, And for those of you familiar with credit cards, you will know that Amex is the easiest place to do a chargeback. They almost always favor favor the the customer. Uh, So the guy just apparently charged back his Amex. And I asked, she gave me a call. I was like, so what was the point of this whole escrow thing? Isn't, Isn't the purpose that the buyer puts his money it's there it's locked there and then um you know if there's something wrong with the watch then okay it goes back to him but if he gets the watch because at this point the guy has the watch um yeah, and could, it, again if, it, if nothing it,
0: else he could have easily swapped it for something else you know at this point like he, right yeah right
1: um he i'm not going to name a location but he lived in a city that has a lot of fake watches in it you know uh so I, I anything could have happened at this point, point. Right. and I explained this. I was like, at this point, the way Amex credit card chargebacks work, if you're the chargeback person, if you're the chargebacker—I don't know what the term for that is—but you, they deposit the money into your account immediately. They give you the money back immediately, and then like once that, whatever the dispute's resolved, they'll take the money back if you lose, or um, it'll just stay in your account if you win. So this guy at this point has the twenty thousand dollars back in his account. And he has my watch. So um, I asked her, I said, okay, like, what's the deal here? Uh, she said that, okay, so your funds, your escrow account is frozen. And I was like, oh, lovely. Looks like July 11th is it happening. Um, yeah. How long is it frozen for? And she said it's indefinite <laughs> until the uh, credit card company rules on the, on the matter. So I said, indefinite, I mean, that doesn't sound great. Uh, what, what Can you give me a more specific timeline? And yeah, 30 to 45 days is usually how long it takes to wrap up a credit card dispute. Um, so you can expect to hear back then. And I, of course, raised the very important question. I said, look, what if we lose the dispute? What if for whatever reason you guys lose the dispute? Because Amex really loves to protect the consumer.
0: Yeah, I... Uh... So, I watched. Um, I think it was Bill Burr. It was a comedian. He was talking about how you always use your credit card because when you use your debit card, that's your cash, and the company doesn't care if you lose your cash. The credit card company, that's their cash. They are gonna yeah. go get it. So he said, always use your credit card, in c- just in case you get you get uh, you know, caught up in identity theft or fraud or whatever.
1: Very true. And that'll that'll definitely resonate with the rest of the story. Right. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so uh, she said that, look, uh, even if you lose the case, uh, we're going to have your back. She said, if you lose this, it's very clear that this person is a bad actor acting in bad faith. Uh, You know, it's clear that he's trying to uh, eat his cake and have it too. Uh, So, you know, we're going to pay you out in full uh, if you were to lose this case. And again, I was a bit skeptical, but I was like, okay, great. Like, you know, it felt good to me that I'm like, okay, great. Chrono24 has my back again, as I
0: expected. This is how it's supposed to work, right? This is what you hear. Oh, secure, peace of mind. It keeps coming up, right? This is what you always, this is the reason you use this platform. Okay. All right. Let's keep going.
1: So I was excited about that. I was like, not not excited, but you get my point. I I was relieved, right? Yeah, a bit of relief. It it took some of the stress off of my shoulders. Um, And so she says it's going to take 30 to 45 days. A week goes by, nothing. Two weeks. And I start reaching out about every 10 days or so. I'm like, hey, have you heard anything? No. Have you heard anything? No. I said, anything we could do? Nope. We can't do anything. We've already submitted everything to Amex. There's absolutely nothing we can do. It just depends on whatever uh, Amex rules. Uh, about a month goes by, if I remember, I think, yeah, we're in early August and I reached out and I was starting to get really frustrated because it had been at the 30 to 45 day mark. We had been around there and still there was nothing. So I called her and I was like, okay, you told me you were going to pay me out one way or another. You told me that, uh, one way or another, you'll have my back. So why not pay me out now? And then you guys deal with the dispute because at the end of the day, it's not between me and you. It's not between me and the person. It's between your platform and that person's credit card company. Right. So why am I involved in this? why Why am I in the middle of this, right? Like I've already done my part. I've given you the watch. So, right. You
0: acted in good faith. You should be left out of this at this point.
1: Right. And you know my mediator said, okay, like you know, thank you. Uh, we're gonna get back to you on that. Um, and I had made it very clear that like the resolution that I wanted was the money. I'm not getting the watch, I'm not taking the watch back. You know, I I don't want like anything back. I just want to get paid what I'm owed for it. Because as I've mentioned before, it's not a quick moving piece. Uh and at this time, we've been weeks that the guy's had the watch. Who knows what he's done with the watch? I mean, like he could have traded it he could have swapped parts he might have even sold it by now we would have never known
0: i've seen um, pulp fiction i know where that watch could have been
1: <laughs> oh god i did not think about that part <laughs> <laughs>
0: um i'm glad i didn't that would have
1: that would have been, <laughs> been bad um but in any case she calls me back i i mentioned that part because she calls me back a bit later and she says hey I get excited. I see the phone's ringing. It says chrono Twenty Four support. At this point, I have them saved as a contact. So um, I see it ringing. I answer the phone, and I'm like, "Okay, like, am I getting my money?" Like, I, I'm excited. I and I immediately hear her tone when she when she calls me. She's like, "Hey, um, so I've pushed it up to my boss, and uh, we won't be having your back in case that this uh, this transaction falls through." And my jaw hit the floor. I said, yeah, well, oh what do you God. mean? Uh, she said, yeah, so legally, this is concern, considered friendly fraud. That's the legal term. I, My mind, I was like, this doesn't sound very, very friendly to me. Like, you know, the guy's basically committed theft. You know, he's stolen my watch. Uh, but she explained that, you know, because it's not like a federal crime, uh, you know, they they're not covering it. It's between, she said, what well, I said, then what, you're going to leave me to, you know, you're going to leave me to rot. And she was like, no, 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 we'll get you the watch back. And that, that, like, I've not, told her, not what I times, want to hear. yeah, i yeah, like, I don't want this watch back. You know, I've sold it. Who knows what the condition is of it? Who knows if it's even a watch anymore? Like the guy can send me back a, a rock. He can send me back a potato or he can do the, uh, you know, which we'll get to later, what, what I what the uh, guy who did the other podcast told me about, um, but in any case, I said I'm not going to accept the watch back. She said, "Okay, well then, all we can do is keep waiting for Amex to uh, to to rule on this." I said, "Okay, hear me out. Uh, what would happen if Amex uh, denied denied this? Uh, we lost the dispute, and they weren't able to recover the watch for me." I said, "What would happen in that case?" And she literally just told me straightforward, then you would have to seek legal action against the buyer on your own. And I said, so let me get this straight. I'll be out of a watch. I'll be out of all my money. And I need to spend money to get a lawyer to sue someone who will never pay me for it. I mean, if people, people who know how lawsuits work know that it takes years if you even get money from a lawsuit. Uh, And a lot of the time, the person could just say that they have no assets and it goes to collections and yeah, it'll screw their credit, but you're never going to get paid either way. So, what good would that do me?
0: Uh, this is not how it's supposed to work. <laughs> right, right. For right, her this is, tell me that. This is the the heart in the throat moment that everybody has a nightmare about when you think about things like this. Like, okay, all of the the safeties, all of the fail safes have now fallen through. Yeah. We found a loophole. Something has fallen all the way through the cracks. And now I'm on my own. I'm out of watch. I don't have the cash.
1: Right. So and that. not only am I out of watch, I did actually end up getting the call for that grail very early. Naturally. So, <laughs> so of course that happened. You know, when you, when you don't need it right now, that's when you get the call. Uh, but you know, I was going to miss out on it. And I, I like, I, I went for it. I, I knew I could pay it back once because at the, at the time that I, uh, at, I got that call, I was assured I would get paid out one way or another. And that might've been my mistake. That might've not been me thinking forward enough because in my mind, I was so sure that these guys had my back. I, I, In my mind, it wasn't even a possibility that they would cut ties with me. So I went ahead and I made that purchase um, and I shouldn't have until I got paid out for it because that was the reason I sold the watch at, amongst other bills and other things. But I made the purchase and um, in my mind, I was like, yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm going to get paid out um you know and when they told me that my heart sank like i i'm like okay i have this new watch and now i need to find a way to pay for it if this thing doesn't uh, if the sale doesn't go through uh so i was freaking out and I, that call was very uh it wasn't fruitful at all basically she was like look We can do one of two things. We can either ask the guy to send you the watch back now or we can keep fighting. And I said, obviously, keep fighting. I don't want the watch back. I'm sure he'd be happy to send me something back, whether it's a watch or not. That's that's the question. But um, I said, no, uh, keep at it. And she said, okay, well, then just so you know, it's going to be uh, it's still going to be longer. Uh, And in her defense, she said, if we lose the case, they're going to appeal it. If they lost the appeal, that's when they would leave me to sue the person if they couldn't retrieve the watch. But even then, that could take three, four extra months. But either way, I said, let's keep at it. I I need to get paid out for this thing. So I um, I continue with it. And about a week later, I decided to go on to Corona 24. I was trying to put together a case. I was trying to put together a very uh, compelling argument to Corona 24 for why they should cash me out. So I was looking into all different factors and one of the things I was thinking about was resale value and depreciation. As you all know, the watch market has been on a downturn lately. Yeah. Uh, and it had been two months since I sold the watch. It was already worth a few thousand less than uh, it was worth when I sold it. So I was going to try to make the argument that, hey, like even if I got the watch back and it was at, was everything was okay, I would lose money trying to sell this now. Uh, so anyway, that's not as important. The thing is, I go to Chrono24 to see what the current value is, and I type in my reference number, and the very first listing is my watch. It is my exact watch, without a shadow of a doubt. The guy didn't even change my photos.
0: Naturally. So naturally.
1: <laughs> it was. I could see the Chrono24 double watermark, because there was a watermark they added when he uploaded it, and then the watermark when I uploaded below that. Uh, and the whole like image thing, one out of four, two out of four, three out of four. He literally didn't even crop it. He just screenshotted the whole thing. Um, he didn't even change my description. He copy pasted the entire description. Um, he added a little thing, I think, saying that he won't buy the links. He'll tell you where to get them, same as I did. But he didn't... And, and get this, he added $1,000 to his purchase price. So he bought the watch, if I recall, for... Eighteen thousand five hundred, but he had to pay tax on it, so his total purchase was twenty thousand, roughly. He added he made it nineteen thousand plus tax, or nineteen five plus tax. So not only did he relist my watch, he added money to it as if he was trying to flip it. Um, and I go through his uh, listing and all that, and I see it's the same location. I mean, I shipped the watch, so I know where I shipped it to. I can see that it's headed to the same place that I shipped. It's sorry, it's coming from the same place that I shipped the watch to. So I, without a shadow of a doubt, it's the same watch. And it's my photos. At the very end, he had a couple photos he took because Corona 24 requires uh, people to post a photo of the watch at a certain time, and it randomizes it. Like, it'll say, post a photo of the watch with a time set to 830 or 9 25. Right. So he had a couple of very blurry photos that he it looked like he took them on the toilet. Like it was, it was in a bathroom, very blurry where he had the time set, but the rest of the photos were all my photos. My desk was in it. My office chair was in the background, everything. So this was four in the morning when I found this up cause I was, I was having trouble sleeping. You know, I was, Actually. this was a big deal for me. Uh, and I called them at four in the morning because their head office is in Germany. Uh, so they were up, well, their head office was up, and um, I basically laid it out to them. I was like, wouldn't you ban the usernames? Since you had admitted that he was committing fraud or he was uh, against your terms of service, she told me, my mediator actually told me that they were going to ban his account back in June. And now it's the end of end of August. And not only is the guy's account still live, nobody thought to monitor it. Nobody thought to watch his account. They let him list this watch, and it might it might have been up there for weeks. who Who knows? Ah, uh, it could have just been there, and I just didn't see it earlier. But shouldn't they have caught that? Shouldn't they have cared enough to to check that? No, apparently not. Um, uh, you know, they apologized uh, at ten in the morning uh, in America time. My mediator was in the New York office. So ah uh, she called me at ten a m and she was like, "Hey, I just heard from our colleagues in Germany." I'm really, really sorry. Uh, you know, we all, we went ahead and banned him, and she, they did do that. I checked. I saved the watch as a favorited watch. So I saw, I went back and I saw it said watch uh, listing no longer available. Uh, but she was apologizing, and she said, look, we're really, really sorry. Don't know. It slipped through the cracks. Uh, but, you know, the good news is we're going to use this in our case against him. Uh, we're going to submit all of this to Amex, and that should really help your case. And, 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 in the end it did, I mean, about, uh, two weeks later or 10 days later, I got an email from Chroma24 saying that, Hey, uh, your payout is approved. You're going to get paid. Uh, and I, I called them and I was like, you guys have lost your commission. Like you're going to make me, you're going to keep your commission after, after all of this. Uh, so I asked them, I said, look, uh, I asked politely, I wasn't rude about it or anything, but I just said, look, I, after going through this, I think the least you could do is just pay me out your 6% or whatever that you were going to keep. And they gave me half of it. And at that point, I just wanted to be done with it. So she said, oh, if you want more, we could discuss. I was like, no, just send the money. Like I, at this point, yeah, I yeah. have, <laughs> I have bills to pay. I have life bills to pay and I have a watch, big watch bill to pay. So luckily in the end, it ended happily. I paid off the watch and I paid off my other stuff. Um and everything is good now. Uh but man, what a roller coaster.
0: You know and, it, and really, if it wasn't for his own stupidity to do that and relist it, you know, not make a new username, not right take their own photos. Like they if they weren't so lazy, it wouldn't have probably panned out the same way.
1: That's what uh that's what Brett said from the other podcast. Uh he, he he said he's seen this a lot and he went into the type of fraud that it is. But uh essentially th- that that was the whole reason I got paid out. It, when Colonel 24 uh gave me that call telling me that they're not going to have my back anymore, that was essentially them cutting their losses. That was essentially them saying, "Hey, we don't want to deal with this anymore." Um if I hadn't found that listing, just happened upon it that one day. Um, I would have never gotten paid. I would have never gotten paid. I would have lost the dispute to Amex uh, because, like you said, it's their money they're protecting. They're going to fight for it. I would have uh, lost the the dispute. I would have not had a watch, and I would have not been paid. Uh, And I actually did find the guy's eBay profile later on, after all of this. And, bro, believe me when I say... I've never in my entire life seen an eBay profile with 0% positive feedback. (laughs) I've seen, you know, a bad eBay profile is 92%. That's like, okay, I'm not dealing with this person. That's bad. But the guy, and it's not like he didn't have transactions. He had 11 or 12 transactions. And on top of that, he still had 0% positive, uh, which is... I mean, like, I, I read one of the reviews. He sold someone a fake iPhone or something like that. So, clearly, uh, he is a scammer, just a really bad one. Uh, if, if he wasn't so bad at it, I would have never gotten paid out. It was all due to just luck and me happening to search at the right time and him just being terrible at scamming people.
0: <laughs> yeah, I also... I, oh, sorry. No, I was just going to say, you know, and... and... You th- and it's you think when you hear escrow that you would be sending the watch to Chrono and they would be sending it to him. That's not the case, which doesn't really help with the extra layers of protection. I know eBay does that, yes, but even with eBay, I mean, I know like I've had um Nick from DC Vintage Watches on here, and he, and he he says all the time that he sees Seikos that come through eBay all regularly that he doesn't think should have passed inspection and so he he, i've heard people's concerns about their authentication and their escrow service as well so you know you use these services and sometimes you're paying a premium for them and it's just you know you think you're getting the ability to sleep at night and meanwhile it's just almost like a new set of problems that it opens the door to
1: It is. And with something like eBay, uh, like I I agree that, okay, their authentication might miss the mark sometimes. But at least, you know, that like the watch was opened and inspected by someone with Chrono24, because it's you send it directly to them. um, Somebody on the Reddit post that I made actually commented that this happened to a friend of his where they sold a $30,000 watch on Chrono24. The guy said that there was no watch. It was just a rock inside the watch box and uh, the guy lost the dispute he lost the watch and he lost the money because uh the guy who bought the watch uh had transacted on corona24 before uh and the guy who sold the watch hadn't so they basically said yeah you're the you're the one who scammed him and he lost the watch he lost the money ev- and everything um so there's no accountability you know there there's no uh there's nobody who to say that I did pack the watch or that he did receive the watch. And that's the tricky thing with this, where uh, you're not dealing with a reputed company in the sense that, okay, if you sell to a dealer, like a famous jeweler, and we're not talking about timepiece gentlemen, uh, where <laughs> <laughs> if we if you sell it to a famous, like big jeweler, they have their name, they have their brand, they have a lot at stake. Uh, you know, they're going to have to pay you. You know, one way or another, even if they don't, there are repercussions for it. But this guy bought it through a platform. He didn't even use his real name. He used his company name, uh, which is a real functioning company, as I looked up and found out. Uh, but, you know, there was nothing tied to him directly. So there's no accountability. Uh, you know, nothing's going to happen to him in the end. And Brett from uh, from Criminal Thoughts, he said that he won't even get in trouble for, for losing this dispute. Like, uh, Amex doesn't take charge doesn't notice until a high double digit number of uh, chargebacks are are failed you oh, know yeah. if you if you charge back, I think the guy said if you charge back like seventy to eighty times, then they notice and then you you get in trouble. but if you and it doesn't matter the value. So if you charge uh, back one one sixty seventy thousand dollar purchase and you lose, they don't really care. uh they don't look at it as a flag or anything like that. Uh so you know, um, there's no the guy's gonna go on scamming. I mean, he's gonna go on uh doing this to other people, and he probably is better at it now because he lost this. Uh he probably is not gonna make these same mistakes next time. Yeah,
0: that's a that's a scary thought in, in itself. Um you know, like I said, this is sort of the nightmare that everybody envisions when when they're sending watches. I mean, you know, I talk about when I, I bought my first. Seiko. It I was a limited edition. It was an Asia only release and I bought it from a guy in Asia off the forum and he's like, yeah, just, you know, send me the money. And I was like, here we go. Like, this is me <laughs> losing you know, 600 bucks, which isn't pocket change, but it's also not the end of the world as right as to, you know, 19 G's a little bit different. But, you know, these are uh, the thoughts that sort of play out in your head when you're like, hit. you know, you're on there and you're about to hit send. You're like, here goes nothing. You know, we'll see if something shows up in a few days or not. Right. And
1: you know, I admit this was on me for uh purchasing that Grail watch. Uh yeah, it was on me for for making that purchase even when I wasn't paid. I I realized that 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 I get it it wasn't the the greatest decision, but it wasn't just that. Like it was that plus other other bills I had to pay like uh you know, and I genuinely thought that nothing could go wrong. I mean, uh, the amount of people that transact on Corona 24, I know, like, just about all of my friends have bought something or sold something on there before. You know, uh, just about everyone knows the platform and trusts it. Secure escrow, who who could have thought that it's not secure? I mean, I get it. Don't trust everything you read online. But when you have a website that's as big and as well-known and as heavily transacted upon as Corona 24, we all uh, fall victim to that, where we think that, okay, like, you know, it's it's like buying a, a brand new car from a dealership. You don't really expect the dealership to screw you over. You know, I at I, the same way, I didn't really expect Corona 24 to cut their losses and leave me out to dry like that. So that moment when I heard that they said that uh, they're not going to have my back, the thoughts that went through my mind, I was like, oh, my God, I was I was terrified. I mean, in the end, I I am glad I'm really glad it worked out. But, you know, it really, really might not have. You know uh it 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 most likely wouldn't have if the guy hadn't made made that fatal flaw of relisting the watch
0: yeah and when you originally told me the story they mentioned friendly fraud i i had thought they were insinuating that you guys were working together like you were about to send him you know you sent him whatever and then he was going to open up a dispute you know, you'd get and and you'd somehow be like sneaking around money and watches, and and you'd both end up scamming them. So I, I was I was trying to figure out what friendly fraud meant. Did they ever sort of get to the bottom of what that was?
1: Yeah, so I looked it up, and Brett covers it in his podcast. But essentially, friendly fraud is any fraud. It, it's sort of fraud that um, doesn't involve like uh, a organized criminal, you know, where it involves a credit card chargeback or something along those lines. Basically, it's like a consumer trying to scam a business out of something, uh, but not like wire fraud, not like a fake check, nothing like that. So they're using an existing platform to commit a fraud. It's a difference between like forging a fake check or forging a fake wire or something like that, you know, uh, you know, sending a bounce check, something like that. That's all federal. That falls under wire fraud, bank fraud, so on and so forth. And Brett touches upon it that basically friendly fraud is when a known consumer uh, just sort of tries to get their money back and doesn't really fall under, like, according to Corona 24, it wasn't important enough for them to, to pay me out for. It. I told them friendly or not, legally, whatever it is, either way, I'm out the money and the guy has a free watch. Uh, So to me, I, I thought it, it is a legal definition, like there's a term friendly fraud, but Uh, Yeah, and what that podcast covers, I won't spoil all of it for people who are interested to hear it, but it's more about how this actually wasn't just a consumer trying to get the money back. This was a planned thing. This was his intention all along, was to scam me. And I found that out later when I found the eBay listing, because there was a a part in the description that said edited 6-2023, June 2023, which is right when the dispute opened, immediately after I I sent him the watch. So what Brett says, uh, a short summary is he basically says that scammers' first instinct is to try and return the watch. When they return, when they return the watch, they can do one of many things. Uh, you guys might have read in the news lately. There was a person who got arrested for using a, uh, a shipping insiders, like people who work at FedEx, UPS, to make dummy labels, where it's a real, like it looks like a real label. You can actually track it. Uh, it'll say it departs from origin. It'll show the stops in the middle and it'll say it arrives. But in reality, there's no package. It's just a label. Uh, wow. And so apparently that's likely what was going to happen where he would have sent the watch back uh, in air quotes. Uh, but all all this time, the watch would be on his wrist or with him in his house. Uh, and this dummy package, it would show on of 24 side that it was delivered at my residence. Uh, and then what am I gonna say that? Oh, I didn't receive it. Then it looks like I'm the scammer. It'll they I can't prove that I didn't receive it. So apparently that that could have been the intention all along is to uh either send back a rock like it happened like that guy uh on my comments, or he could have made this bogus label which made it look like the watch was sent back when in reality he just had it all along. Uh, so this was an organized thing, and this is a thing that happens all the time. You know there are channels on Telegram. Uh, where people learn how to, like, you pay someone to help you do this uh, on the black, on the black, uh, the dark web. The dark web, black yeah. Mark. Yeah, like, this is a real thing that happens. Uh, you know, it it's just, these scammers don't really care that there's, it, it usually involves another human being, not a massive corporation.
0: Yeah, I think that's the scariest part of it all. And, um you know, I, I've heard about similar things at, like, uh, for example, like I'm just gonna use AT and T as an example, but you have phone phone company, a phone provider, right? Where the people working there, they're not making a ton of money. Somebody walks in, throws a fat bribe at them, and all of a sudden they got access to. Basically, they can clone your phone, which, as you know, is basically your 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 two FA for everything. Yeah. So now they can get access to all your stuff. And how did it happen? I don't know. I didn't get fished. They kind of backdoored it, and now they can take your identity more or less. And that's you know, people that really happens to people. I know somebody. Um, actually the guy I work with at, uh, at, at the charity, it happened to him and he was in the middle of selling a wow. house. So you talk about escrow, he was in the middle of selling a house. So he's got all wow. this money tied up in escrow. He's, he's expecting money his way. And they're like, we can't give it to you. Cause you're in the middle of an investigation and he's like, losing his mind over it. It's almost a similar situation. Now that I think about it, it's just, it's crazy. You know, that's, that's, that's sort of the, uh, the double-edged sword of the, the digital age, if you will, I guess. Yeah. That's absurd. Like,
1: I, I think as technology gets more advanced and becomes more convenient for us to enjoy this hobby, it also becomes, there. there's more failure points now. Like, there are more ways that can go wrong. And that's one thing we don't think about. I mean, like, when you really think about Corona 24, and this is what I should have done prior to, you know, I guess hindsight's 2020, but um, really you're not buying the watch from... Chrono 24 you're buying it from a person on Corona-24, uh, you know, and, and that's that's the failure point here, where that person is not vetted by Chrono 24 they, they're not investigated by them, they're not, uh, you know, okay, I think you have to enter your social security when you create the account, but what are they going to do about it, you know, they're not going to sue you or anything like that, like, they, they, there's no, you don't know who you're dealing with, and that that's the main takeaway here, where... Uh, when you sell online on a platform like corona twenty four as trusted as a platform can claim to be, none of that means Jack, if the person you're dealing with is not trusted. If the person on the other side of the screen uh, can do whatever they want without any sort of accountability, then yeah, they're going to scam you. They're going to tr- uh, they're going to do things like this. And I'm not saying this happens all the time, but it does happen often. There's that's one of the reasons I wanted to share this story. A friend of mine gave me the idea to post it on Reddit. Um, and that that's sort of why I did it he was like this happens a lot um, you know I mean it would be a good story to tell so I figured you know a few months later after it all ended and closed I, I shared the story on reddit that's where you found it that's where Brett found it um, I want people to know about this because if I had read my story prior to uh, selling my watch on Corona24 I wouldn't have done it if I could go back and if I had known what I know now I would not have done it
0: yeah. And you think about that person is just in another state, same country. Imagine trying to track somebody down in a different country that you sent a yeah. watch to. You're done. You're cooked. You're like, done. There's no way.
1: I I even set my Corona 24, uh, that listing to U.S. sales only for that reason. Yeah. You know, I I didn't I know like if you ship the watch to Kazakhstan or something, you know, you're never going to see that thing again. If if they're if if it's a scam and I have shipped international with no problems before, but um either way, you know, you never know uh you never know what's going to happen. As soon as it leaves the US borders, uh there's very little accountability and that's another thing you have to consider about Chrono24 is they're not an American company. Right. It's a German company. Uh so All in all, yeah, they do have an office here, but how, how are they really accountable for anything? Like they, they don't have any sort of American legal presence, really like you can come after them. But again, at the end of the day, it's a company based in Germany. Uh, so that complicates things much, much further.
0: Yeah, definitely. Definitely a lot of wrinkles to this one, but I mean, Hey, it worked out. Everybody, uh, ended up okay. Thankfully. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm really, really like blessed. I feel really, really grateful that you know it worked out the way it does. and I I'm not gonna be as irresponsible in the future with my watch purchases or sales. you know I, I'm gonna definitely uh, you know, I learned a lot from it too. you know I I know it, the the crazy part is like you were saying about your friend who uh, with with the house situation and him getting scammed is with this sale, I I can rest easy because I know I did everything right. You know, I didn't do anything that would have uh, gotten me scammed. I listed the watch just like everyone else. I wrote the description. I took a million photos. I photographed the watch as I packaged it even. Um, I did everything that a normal person selling a watch would do. I followed all the security measures that I could have followed with shipping the watch and selling it. And even then this happened, you know, so so that that's sort of the reason for the story. I mean, if I had just sent the watch without payment or something, that would be something else. You know, I wasn't tricked. I wasn't, uh, you know, nobody fooled me. This happened on their platform under their watch, with nothing to do with me. Yeah. You know, the guy used their platform to try and scam me, and I'm really happy he was. Uh, he was not successful, but there are many cases where it has been successful, and there can there will continue to be. So it's something for everyone listening to this to watch out for.
0: Yeah, as, as long as there's sort of almost this zero risk situation for these buyers, uh, you know, it's, it's going to be always there. That option, you know, l- listen, I mean, they're tough times right now. Economically, people are getting desperate. They're down to do some weird stuff. So, you know, I would say nobody's above it. You know, that doesn't yeah. matter what people's feedback. And again, even if people do have good feedback, people's accounts get hacked. I've seen that happen where somebody will be using somebody else's well-known account or account that has been used in good faith prior. And now they're like, oh, I'll just now that I'm in this person's DMS, I'll just direct everything this way. And they're right. on right the for it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's a scary world out there, you know, and like, like I've mentioned before, I, I run a business uh, online and i've had to deal with people uh trying to do that, trying to do this multiple times on on that end too you know i'll have fake orders or you know things like it happens more frequently than anybody would would think and it's not a victimless crime you know i think a lot of the scammers many of them don't care like in this case i mean if you're scamming someone for 20 something thousand dollars you really just don't care but many people assume that you know this whole genre of scamming as i found out from Brett uh came from Amazon refunds because in 2013 14 amazon would just refund you anything if you yeah. said you didn't get it uh now they don't anymore so people sort of built this attitude that oh it's fine you know everyone's going to get paid whatever i'm here to say that that is very much not the case you know you, someone is going to end up footing the bill there is no victimless crime you know someone is going to get screwed at the end of the day in this case it was almost me and I'm really grateful. I'm really blessed and happy it wasn't at the end of the day.
0: Yeah, I, I think we're all happy about that. And, you know, you can rest easy with your, your new purchase and everybody's whole at the end of the day. So I think that's great. Um, yeah, any, uh, I guess, any any final touches, resolutions, anything that came out of it?
1: Not really much. I would say this, that if for, for people thinking about selling your watch online, Either deal with someone trusted, um, you know, deal with people with references, or just sell it to a dealer or something. You know, sell it to someone that has some sort of accountability. Where if they try to mess with you, they they have skin in the game. You know, I you might lose, you might not sell it for as much money, and you not might you won't sell it for as much money. Selling it to a wholesaler or to to a to a jeweler, but you are going to get paid most likely, not a hundred percent, but you are much more likely to get paid even if it, it's worth it it's worth it for the peace of mind i going back i should have just sold my watch to a to a dealer or put it on consignment with a dealer or something where i know okay maybe i'll make a few thousand dollars less but i don't have to go through this bs right you know so that that's what i would suggest or or if you're going to sell just sell to someone you know or someone you're you have references with just be be careful is is all i can really say the whole story of this is I'm not saying it's a bad platform necessarily. I'm not saying that, you know, this happens every time you buy or sell a watch in front of twenty four. I'm trying to say that this is what happened to me. If it, it happened to happen me, to you, <laughs> it could happen to you. Exactly, <laughs> it's not beyond the realm of possibility. So that's that was just sort of the purpose of me sharing my story. Uh, just be careful, you know, don't don't let it happen to you.
0: Very good, very good. Well, well, thank you for sharing your story with all of us. I appreciate you coming on semi-short notice, sort of filling in for the Schmidster. Um hopefully we'll have him back soon. Um thanks again and uh we'll catch all you out there next time on British Cheese Radio. Later. Thank, Thank you, bro. Pleasure. Yeah, always.